Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for week number 11 of the College Football Betting Breakdown Show, courtesy of Scores and Odds. I'm your host, per usual, Sean, PSU fans to Newsham. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Alex, here, my turtle Harden. Alex, how's it going on this lovely Monday afternoon? It is a lovely Monday afternoon. In addition to the college football we get to talk about today, there's also college basketball starting up. I'm watching Baylor. They're up 60 right now, so really competitive basketball games. But last week was pretty good um, for college football. Uh, I think we are both 2-1 and one, um, on the betting show, so we continue our climb into and staying over 500, which is good. So uh, what was the what were the two that you won and the one you lost? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been below 500 on the entire season, Alex. Uh, so uh, it's, that's been, true. it's been consistent for me. Uh, so I am 16-13-1 overall in the season. Hopefully can continue staying above 500. It's going to be tight. Hopefully I, I want to push to about plus five games at, as the overall. So if I can get a couple more wins on the positives, uh, that'd be great. I was two and one last week. Um, I had Kansas state, Texas under 54 and a half, which unfortunately they lost. I lost that uh, total was around 61. I liked Georgia minus nine versus Tennessee. We were actually on opposite sides of that one. And I actually won that one. Usually you've been pretty good there. Uh, and then TCU minus nine and a half versus Texas tech that we split. Luckily we talked about it on the show. FanDuel was about the only place that it was nine and a half. And we said we liked it on FanDuel at nine and a half and they won by 10. So it was pretty important to get that half a point, Alex. So how did you do last week? Yep. Um, I had LSU plus 13 and a half against Bama. Didn't even need the points. A nice showing from the Tigers there. Um, TCU nine and a half like you. So that was good. Um, we talked about this and I flip flopped on the show last week. I ended up on Tennessee plus eight and a half, just wrong side of the game classic spot where georgia just showed up and just like completely shut them down so i would even though i was 
live at the end for a backdoor cover a bit. I, I still think, yeah, Georgia was definitely the correct side in that game. So I mean, you and I talked about it during the game. Tennessee's game plan just seemed bad. Like, they just tried to – I'm not saying they were going to win the game regardless because I don't know if they would have won the game regardless, but their game plan was to, like, run the ball a lot. And that just – you're just not going to beat Georgia running the ball into a crowded box over and over again. Like, they had constant issues. And, and the, the weather got bad. It got to a point where the weather was um, an issue. Like, it was an issue throwing the ball. Receivers were having problems catching it. Uh, Hooker was overthrowing people because of the rain. So the weather definitely played an impact in the second half. The first half, like, watching the game, you're just like, literally Georgia ran man the entire game and just crowded the box. And Tennessee just repeatedly ran into the middle of the box and also would not be able to beat single coverage. Like, they were struggling to beat single coverage all game. I think part of the issue was uh, early in the game, Hyatt rolled his ankle on the ref uh, on an incomplete deep ball throw. And then... Also, I will note, Hooker missed two deep balls where he had the receiver by like a yard or two, and he just overthrew it by a yard or two. If you get either of those deep balls, it changes the game drastically. But, uh, yeah, I definitely felt better, obviously, being on the Georgia side than on the Tennessee side like you were there. Um, All right, guys, we got about 10 games to go through here on this Monday. We'll be talking about this week's games. Uh, We only got a couple weeks left. We haven't talked about what the plan is for bowl season, so we'll have to consider that when we get there. But, uh, we'll be with you at least through the end of the regular season. I assume at least conference championship week as well. So I want to push a little bit further up, and I am sure you do as well. So first game on the board, LSU versus Arkansas. As you guys see here, the line's right around three, and the total 63 and a half. I couldn't believe LSU won the game last week against Alabama. Like That was not on my bingo card. Uh, I did not see LSU coming out and winning the game, um, and they – were fantastic defensively, honestly. Like, they really shut Bryce Young down. That was, like, the first game where I've seen, like, Bryce Young, like, struggle and not be able to make plays, uh, even with his escapability. It was difficult for him. So I view this as a letdown spot. I think Arkansas is probably going to come out, play better than they did against Liberty here, but I don't know if I want to touch it. What's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I wrote down, I think it's a classic letdown spot for LSU, but I don't know if Arkansas can kind of take advantage of that. Um it is quote unquote the proverbial bounce back spot for Arkansas as well. It's just, I don't know. LSU is a team that's getting better, like clearly better and better as the season goes on. Like they do not look like the same team from opening week at all. Whereas Arkansas is pretty much just, I don't see them as a team that's improving. They're just kind of meh, kind of floating through the season. Um, Arkansas is still allowing a lot of yards through the air. LSU's passing game starting to come alive. And then like when the there's nobody open, like Jaden Daniels is one of the more impressive runners um, for the quarterback position. So definitely been really impressed how their offense has improved. Um, Josh Williams has emerged as in the backfield. I think he was not even a big time recruit. So it's kind of surprising to see him emerge, but he's a hard runner. He's looked good. So, I mean, I lean LSU. I'm just worried that like after a big win like that, going on the road, in Arkansas, it's a tough spot. So it's ultimately a stay away. But if I had to lean, it would be slightly LSU. But this, it's, it, the game looks correctly lined. I, I don't have anything with conviction. Yeah. All right. Next game, we have Oklahoma against West Virginia. Uh, as you see, it's like seven and a half right now for Oklahoma. If you look at most of the books, it's around eight. FanDuel, seven and a half. So if you want to shot that extra half a point, it's there. Uh, total, 66 and a half. I like the under in this game. I just find it hard to picture West Virginia putting up like the 30 points that their team total is expecting here, which 
uh, just seems kind of hard for me. I'm not saying that they can't do it because Oklahoma defense has been susceptible to giving up points this year. But uh, the, my favorite part in this game is the under. I also probably would lean Oklahoma. Like if I'm taking a side here, it's definitely the Oklahoma side of things as well. So what's your thoughts here, Alex? Yeah, this is going to continue a common theme like throughout the whole show. Like I'm usually a bit more on the underdogs in general, but like this week, like the favorites like all stand out to me. I like Oklahoma also. And the under definitely makes sense. Um, Oklahoma is a team that is probably underrated throughout the college football landscape at this point in the season. Like they're still like 13th in SP plus rating, um, eighth offensively. Their defense is getting a little bit better, but they still have some holes. Um, so definitely that's their weak point. But West Virginia, I think they lost what we consider their best offensive player in CJ Donaldson, and they're down some other skilled players as well. Um, it's just a, a tough spot. I just don't see the West Virginia defense getting enough stops to be competitive here. Um, West Virginia's past defense has also been pretty poor. I see this could be a pretty a good spot for Marvin Mims and company through the air. So um, definitely lean Oklahoma and I could buy the under, but I don't have a strong opinion on the total. Yeah. I mean, the more you talk about it, the more I'm leaning towards Oklahoma as well. Like I really like Oklahoma. West Virginia, I just don't think it's very good. Donaldson's out. Like, yes, they're going to be able to throw the ball a little bit, but it just feels like this is going to be the Marvin Mims show and he's going to throw all over them. All right, next game, we have Louisville traveling to Clemson to face the embarrassing Clemson team that just did not come to play last week. Uh, you and I have discussed every week, how is DJ Ugalele still um, starting? And I don't have an answer to that. Uh, that said, I just don't think Louisville's that good. Uh, and I also know Malik Cunningham is really banged up. Like, if you watch him over the last, like, three weeks, it's really difficult. So I would lean the... Clemson team here uh, as you see it's around seven right now we get under seven and we get six and a half all over Clemson but I like Clemson at seven as well so what's your thoughts here Alex my first thought is I'm surprised the line is moved towards Louisville like down to seven um because I like Clemson as well I don't think Louisville's overly impressive as a team they're not a team I want to back going into like into Death Valley like I think this is a spot where Clemson actually shows up. But I mean, in terms of that loss last week, like that's squarely on, on Dabo. Like they should, they should have made the switch to K Klubnik really early in the season. Like that, that was their path for the college football playoff. Like the upside of the team was having Kate at quarterback. Like we've seen enough of DJ, like it, it's not, it's just not there. Um, with all that said, I still think this is a good spot for Clemson to kind of steamroll Louisville a bit. I, I like them only laying seven. Yeah, like I just – look, if, if Malik Cunningham was healthy and I wasn't worried about that, I would be like, all right, I'm, I'm in on this. But, like, I watched the last three games and Malik is just banged up. You can tell his legs are not what they normally are. And in that situation, like, I just can't see them being competitive here against Clemson. So I definitely like Clemson as well in this game. All right, moving on to the next game. We have Alabama traveling to Mississippi to face the Ole Miss Rebels. Um, again, they struggled last week. Bama struggled. Uh, I think that this game is going to be a, another situation where I also like the favorite. Um, I like Alabama. I think they're the better team. I think that Ole Miss is very reliant on Judkins, and I think Alabama's defense is good enough to shut down Judkins. And I don't think the Ole Miss defense is good enough to stall what Alabama was doing last week. So I like Alabama here. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, that's my initial lean as well. And like, 
this is just the classic spot where like Alabama's going to get a free pass. They're going to come out and look dominant here, and then they're going to be back in the playoff picture, even with two losses. I mean, it's kind of annoying, but in, in some ways, understandable. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is interesting with like Saban versus Kiffin. Like, if if Ole Miss can somehow pull the upset and like Alabama's sitting at seven and three, there's going to be some unhappy people in Alabama. Um, so I have some interest in in watching this game, but yeah. Yeah, no, for what it's worth, though, like, Alabama had two losses, in my opinion, does deserve to be in the conversation. Because, like, I've we've watched a lot of college football this year, and, like, you remove Georgia. It's pretty much, like, six or seven teams. It's, like, Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama. And then it's, like, Michigan, Ohio State. And then it's, like, like yeah, Clemson's just not there. And that's, like, Oregon. And, and Oregon got obliterated by Georgia at the beginning of the season. So, like... I do agree. If Ole Miss can pull out a win here, they are smack dab in the discussion to to make the playoff. Um, but I I can't really fault people for like bringing up Alabama and having Alabama in the discussion, um, even with two losses, just because what we've seen from a lot of teams this year. Yeah, I mean this is effectively a playoff game, um, so it's pretty interesting in, in terms of just like the bigger picture in college football landscape. So, yeah. um, I don't really have a strong lean. I mean maybe Bama, but I'm more interested in just watching this game and kind of seeing how it plays out. Yeah. All right. Next game. I'm going to let you go first here because I have a feeling this is a game where you're going to like the, uh, the favorite as well. Uh, we got Maryland <laughs> traveling to happy Valley to get obliterated by Penn state. Um, so I don't know if you've seen, but the, uh, the video of Maryland refusing to shake Penn state players hands at the coin toss has been circulating uh, Twitter uh, fresh before they like lost by 80. Um, I'll, go ahead. You you go first in this game. No, I mean I'm just kind of I'm almost like self excluding myself in this game because like I just don't see how Maryland keeps it close at all. And like that's probably just having my my Maryland um, anti Homer blinders on. So I'm not gonna bet it. Um, but I thought the number would be closer to like 14 to 17. Honestly, like. Maryland's done their classic thing where they beat on some terrible teams early in the season, get a few wins, get some hype, and then just limp towards the finish line. But what do you think? I mean, so let, let's let's just paint the picture for, for the audience here. If I said, Alex, you get Maryland at 16 and a half here, what, are you taking it? I mean, can you give me 17? Nope, give me 16 and a half. Would you take it as one of your three bets for the week? Yeah, I'd probably take it, but I wouldn't feel good about it. He's lying. He wouldn't take it, guys. <laughs> uh, Maryland's probably going to get destroyed in this game. Uh, Penn State has to continue their dominance here and assert to Maryland why uh, everyone from Maryland goes well, to Penn State. To play I mean, yeah, you just hit on the worst part of this game is like Penn State's going to win by three touchdowns and then like effectively like after the game take their lunch money by getting like three recruits to flip. So I, I'm assuming Penn State has quite a few recruits attending this game and Maryland is going to get smoked in this game. Like I would not be surprised that this is like a five touchdown game where Penn State just comes out and just like obliterates them. Yeah, um, I mean, why go to school in the forest of Penn State when you can be in like a metropolitan area and like I, I wish right into DC. This- I wish we had the freedom, Alex, to go to this game. I would, I would buy your ticket to go to this game. Yeah, it's also a James Franklin revenge bowl, but I, I think like every game is a revenge bowl for James Franklin in some weird way. But this game's just going to be. I, I just think that this is not a good spot for Maryland. Uh, 
So I will not, and and you know I'm pretty non-biased in terms of Penn State. I've been not on Penn State quite a bit this year, and I like Penn State here. I think Penn State obliterates them. All right, next game up, we have UCF Tulane. John Reese Plumley Plumley did not play last week. Have not heard whether he'll be back this week. I know you had a bad take, I think, on Mikey Keene being better for them, um, which maybe is true. I just think they misused Plumley a lot. Uh, Tulane's been really solid this year. Tulane has been really solid. As you see, they're 8-1. They did lose Ty J. Spears last week in the second half. I'll be interested to see if Spears plays. I do think they take a pretty big hit at running back if he's not available. I've watched uh, the other options, and they're just not near as good as Spears. So what do you think on this one? Yeah, the first thing on Spears, I think I would lean towards him playing. I think it was more of a situation like why risk it? Because when he did get hurt and he missed a drive, he came back for one carry and then went out of the game. They were winning by a little bit. So, I mean, and they have some other backs to use. So I I would assume Spears is good to go here. This game's interesting because, like, I think of these two teams as, like, offensive-led teams just from, like, the years past where it's totally flipped, like, both teams lead with their defense. Like their defense is clearly better um, on both teams, um, especially UCF. They're up to 23rd defensively in SP plus. They do a really good job versus the run, which is a lot of what Tulane wants to do. Um, Tulane's 27th in SP plus defense. So, I mean, this could be actually a relatively like KG low scoring game. Um, and back to the, the Plumlee comment, like, yeah, if they would, play like call plays to his strength and run him more i would say yes but if they're going to run their offense like this like Keen's better for the offense he's a better passer like Plumley is just an atrocious thrower um if you're just going to make him be a pocket quarterback um so uh i don't really have a strong lean in this game at all like it'll be pretty close i believe i can't imagine either team separating really so this is a stay away from me but an interesting game um Surprise, this is one of the actually the, the two like ranked first ranked uh matchups of the week. Like you don't expect that from UCF Tulane. But no, not here at we all. are. There we are. Next game, TCU traveling to Texas to play the Longhorns. Um surprisingly, when I say surprisingly, I mean not at all. TCU injured another starting quarterback last week and uh got to play backup for most of the game. Uh it's been kind of their MO for the year. Uh as you guys see here, Texas is about a touchdown favorite for a reason. Alex, you have a bet down here as we see, so why don't you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, I, absolutely. This is probably my favorite play of the week. It's Texas minus seven. As I wrote in the SEO write-up, this is where the magical hypnotic toad season of yours comes to a screeching halt, TCU. It's over. Like, they they couldn't run better. Um, yes, they're a solid team. They have a good offense. I don't think their defense is very good. Um, and they keep running into these spots where the other team's quarterback magically gets hurt. And um, we'll see if it happens again. But as long as they don't injure Bijan on purpose, like I just think this Texas offense is going to throttle them. And I actually think TCU is going to have problems offensively. Um, they're not going to have the the Kendra Miller bailout here, as I think Texas is pretty decent against the run and they'll, they'll slow him down a bit. So I like Texas to actually win pretty big. And I would be looking for some alt lines as well. Um, like two to up to three touchdowns to get to lock in some upside. Yeah. So I also like Texas. Uh, I'm not going to bet it though, because I just TCU has a horseshoe up their butt this year. It's just not, it's been never ending. It's literally, we're on like eight games in a row. We're like the best offensive player and the other team got injured literally every game. Uh, and, and it's also getting to the point where like every single game tech or TCU is just getting bailed out by winning. 
Like they're just getting some miracles in like the second half and stuff that, I mean, I don't know if it can continue, but I'm not going to touch it. And part of the reason I'm not going to play it is because I know you really want to. So I'll give you a chance to make up a game here with a game you really like. Um, since you can't bet against Maryland for some reason. So I'll like what, a guy, what a guy you are. What a I guy. know. All right, on to next game, Washington against Oregon. You get your boy Bo Nix. As we see here, you are writing up your boy Bo Nix. I tend to agree as well. What's your thoughts here in the Oregon-Washington game? Yeah, just like super like taking favorites every single game. Like it doesn't feel like a – it's a weird week for that. But I just see like so many of these spots like clear separation, especially in the Pac-12 games. We'll get to another one later too. Um, I like Oregon betting Oregon as a favorite because like they don't slow down. They don't sit on the ball in the second half. They're going full throttle until like the end of the fourth. Like they're stat padding for Bo Nix. Like they're not running out the clock. So like – and a game against Washington, who's like pass rate over expectation is like super high. Um, it's going to create a lot of possessions and it gives more time and more possessions for Oregon to separate, in my opinion. So that's why I don't mind betting them at this big number. And um, it opened at 11 and a half. It's quickly moved to 13 and a half. I think it could go higher as people kind of buy into that more and more. Um, it is an interesting matchup because Oregon's allowing a lot of passing yards, but a lot of those yards are pretty empty yards in the second half, in my opinion. But Washington has the um, is averaging the most passing yards per game by like over 35 against any other team over uh, Tennessee. So like they're just throwing the ball tons. But um, I just gonna sit. Yeah, this is gonna make it a game with more and more drives. So I think Oregon just keeps scoring and scoring. And I, I was looking at the over, which I, I like a bit too. It's climbed to 72 and a half. But I just feel more confident Oregon side putting up the points. So that's where I ultimately landed. Yeah, I actually like Oregon as well. Uh, under, I agree. I think this game could run up above the 14-point threshold, but, but I like it at 13.5 that we get it. I also like the over. I actually probably like the over a bit more than you do. I think that both teams are going to score some points here. But uh, I do like the Oregon side better than the over in this game. All right, next game we go to two elite-level defenses in North Carolina and Wake Forest. Yikes. Oh, um, sarcasm. Yeah. Yeah. We we're seeing the games late on this Saturday. Like these are the, these are the goat games. Uh, we, we have that one. And then we have this one, North Carolina wake forest. I don't see how there's stops in this game. Like if we're being completely honest, like where are the stops going to come from? Cause I don't see it. We have two elite level offense. All the wake slowed down. Wake hasn't been as good recently, but um, North Carolina is moving the ball efficiently. Um, they, Definitely cannot stop people on, on defense. So um, I like the over, but I'm not going to bet 76 and a half right now. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so UNC is seventh in SP plus offense and 99th in defense. So good offense, terrible defense. Wake is 18th offense and 83rd defense. Again, not as good offensively, but not as bad defensively. Um, so like, yeah, points also, both teams are in the top 20 and plays per minute of time of possession. So they're both playing fast. So like that creates like a very chaotic situation where there should just be a lot of back and forth. I actually feel a lot better about the UNC's offense. Um, been pretty disappointed with wake this year. Honestly, I thought they were going to be better. I don't know if like Hartman rushed back from his medical issues and he just hasn't been the same. Um, but they haven't quite hit the mark, but they're still sitting here ranked um, and having a, a pretty a decent season. Just expected a bit more. Um, I don't like anything for this game. I think the spread makes sense. I think the total is where it should be. Um, 
yeah, this would be nice to have like on like a main DFS slate. But as far as betting, like I don't see anything I like. Yeah, the fun games uh, just appear to be at night here this weekend. So uh, that will be interesting from a DFS perspective and just an overall betting perspective. You get to close the night out with some explosive games. Speaking of another game that should have quite a bit of offense, we have UCLA, Arizona. You see a higher total than the last two. Um, UCLA last week just randomly sat Charbonnet. They just didn't play him. Like he was just didn't go, uh, which was unexpected. Um, as you guys see here, Alex likes, shocking, a favorite um in this game so alex why don't you talk a bit about this one yeah we got um the charbonnet rug pull of uh episode two already um this season so we'll see if it happens again this week i don't even know if they need him against arizona like i can't tell you how bad arizona is defensively like they like i they might i mean ucla's punter probably shouldn't even dress for this game because they certainly won't need him like they're just gonna go they're gonna i I don't know yeah, Arizona's so bad defensively. I'm like lost for words how bad. DTRs looked actually pretty good. They have a lot of weapons. Like Bobo's emerged and like Casimir Allen's like good for some long touchdowns. And Keegan Jones has some spark. Like they have plenty of weapons offensively. They'll, they're going to be able to score at will. And like this Arizona team has been interesting for parts of the season, but not consistent. Um, and especially... Jaden Delora to me makes a lot of mistakes and he's going to make some throws in this game. He probably shouldn't like, I just don't have a lot of faith in Arizona being able to keep up in terms of scores. And like when you put pressure on Delora, like he's going to make mistakes. So I like UCLA to kind of run away with this and UCLA is like up to ninth in SP plus overall, like has them as a top 10 team team in the country. Like they've been pretty consistent, pretty solid. Um, They're not the best team defensively, but they're, they're okay. But I, I like UCLA to run away with this. Yeah, and, like, I will say, so, like, we talk about Arizona. Arizona's way improved. Their offense is much better than it was last year. Yes, their defense is a disaster, but at least their offense is fun, and, like, watching them is fun. So, if you're an Arizona fan, at least you're like, all right, this is getting better, even though it's still terrible. So, I tend to agree with your sides on the bets, but I won't touch this one either for you. Yeah, I mean, just to put a a cap on it, like, Arizona's offense has been fun, but they're still, like, 41st in offensive efficiency. Like, and their defense, they're – 121st like they're basically a mac defense playing in the pac 12 and yeah good luck with that it's not pretty all right guys that's gonna wrap it up for us this week if you guys are watching on youtube please make sure you smash like and subscribe we greatly appreciate that with the recap of the three bets that we like this week i will start off i have oregon minus 13 and a half versus washington i have clemson minus seven versus louisville and i have penn state Minus 10 and a half versus Maryland. Alex, what three games do you have this week? Yep. Texas minus seven, Oregon minus 13 and a half, and UCLA minus 19 and a half. And you can find the write-ups for all those on scores and odds. So it should be a good week. Hopefully the chalk hits, the favorites plow, because then it'll be a good week for me. There you go. All right, everyone's going to wrap it up for us this week. Again, make sure you smash the like and subscribe button. We'll be back again next week for week number 12. Thank you all for listening. Good luck to you guys this weekend. For Alex, I am Sean. We will see you guys next week. Let's go Terps.